0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avrom and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, this uh, is fundamentals of the Talmud, and as we are a month before Hanukkah, and there is some discussion about the, even the minor holidays needing some preparation like this. And the Peshuah, I think, discusses it, and uh, based on a Tosas and Megillah that uh, there might be an idea of getting ready a month in advance for Purim and Hanukkah. Uh, I, I think it's proper, no matter when you're uh, learning this to, to realize that the Talmud does have a discussion about the mitzvahs of Hanukkah. There is no Masechtas Hanukkah, but there is a discussion of the halochos that that are surprisingly a large amount of halachos. Um, one of the questions before I guess we start the actual Gomorrah itself is why isn't there a, uh, you know, a section in Mishnaiah's for Hanukkah? There is a, a a great section for Megillah, right? You have Mesachthas Megillah. Um, was, and we know sometimes Rebbe in, in, like, for example, Mesachthas Sota, uh, has a hodgepodge of topics, right? You, you remember, of course, Ewan Ammar Mechol Loshon and Sota because and then we start talking about Egwarufa and a bunch of other different halachos that are not really connected to Sota, but it was a place for as a teacher. Well, where are you going to deal with it? So the, it begs the question: Why wasn't there a mishnayot about Hanukkah? Um, in fact, this um, and this is a, a this a piece of Talmud that we're studying, and we're starting today when we start learning Chav Gimel and is really uh, an extension of a Mishnah in Shabbos that never mentioned Hanukkah. The Mishnah mentioned the types of oils and wicks that are necessary for the lighting of what we call the Shabbos candles. And that's really what this Perikah is about, is about... The effect, how you can effectively light, and what needs to be done, and the legislation about it. Again, you know, Shabbos licht is is an important thing. Um, we sort of uh, view it as, oh, that's what the viber are getting ready to do. But it is an important mitzvah, mitzvah and You make a, a you, you you It's it's one of the first mitzvahs. I think whether you're Lubavitch or not, that a little girl recognizes. and I would say even little boys as well who are at home and they see it's one of the first acts of mitzvah that they see their parents doing. It's a very important uh, uh, mitzvah, uh, rabbinic though it might be. And it's this Mishnah uh, that lends itself to discussion of Hanukkah. So on a Mishnah speaks about what you light and what you don't light, what what, what wicks you use, what oils you use. And the Gemara does what it usually...
1: Excuse me, Rabbi. Yes. When exactly did the story of Hanukkah occur? Did it occur between the uh first base of big and second base of big it, it was after actually good question
0: it was actually after the building of the second base of bigtosh and it was after it seemed like we had had a certain amount of control and autonomy um things were on the looking up in a way because we had we were we were sort of given a sort of a favorite nation status by by Alexander and, 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 and the Greek conquerors of most of the Macedonian conquerors of the area around there. And um, it sort of took a deep dive because this was, you know, the, what, the Hellenism that permeated uh, actually flipped many Jews uh, against what had been their traditions. And caused a uh, movement within well uh, it, it seeped into Koal Yisrael, so many um,
1: ideas, uh, ideas
0: monstrous uh, bastardizations of what Judaism should be right. the ideas was one thing, but also the in, introduction of, of, of a Votisrah and other things that were considered standard in Julia and Reyes. Yes, right. There was the giluy of of that type, but you know, it was it was it was the type of thing where eventually, um, it turned into very uh, strict rules. Uh, originally, it was just a, an, an accepted lifestyle. When there was some um, pushback by the traditional Jews, then the booty of uh, living in a certain way and not ascribing to the Torah. Uh, became what they were after, and then it became a very uh, a tyrannical uh, control that they wielded. Uh, and again, it was fostered and, and developed by the Jews themselves, who were, um, I wouldn't call them liberal, but they were definitely enchanted by uh, this lifestyle and they thought it was getting with the zeitgeist of the time this is what everybody's doing this is what all the countries were doing and um like today right and there was a, clearly a weakness in jewish learning uh that allowed the hellenistic ideas to entrench themselves right and um the uh but as I said, the Mishnah is really not talking about Hanukkah at all. And then Rami right. Bar, and then a page or two later, we have Rami Bar saying, "Hey, you know what we were wording in the Mishnah about?" And Rami Bar is, of course, a, 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 the son-in-law of Rav Chista. So we're talking about four generations into the into the Amarayim. and he says, "Well, you know, the Chachamim talked about oils and wicks." Um, What would that? What would that be in the uh, in the Beis Amikdosh? In other words, could you use those for the Menorah in the Beis Amiktosh? And from there, we went to a, a related discussion uh, that Rav Huna had talked about. Again, Rav Rami says, "Oh, remember wicks and oils. You want to get the best wick and oil to burn for Shabbos." Um, the same din would be the the rabbinical. Um, legislation about what to use and what you can't use would be the same for it had you been using, uh, had you been invol- uh, responsible for getting the oils and uh, the the menorah uh, going. And the big dish. And the big dish. So in other words, even though it was rabbinical legislation uh, and the menorah was a mitzvah from the Torah, but whatever the rabbi said logically about the oils and wicks that would produce the clearest flame, uh, a flame that would be uh, independent on its own uh, and, and burn brightly and, and and properly, that obviously would have been adopted, Rabbi Baruch said, to whatever the Kohanim were doing in the Beis HaMikdash. And from there, the Talmud introduces an earlier statement from Rav who says, well, that's the Beis HaMikdash um, and the Menorah and the Beis HaMikdash. Those... Um, wicks and oils that you can't use on Shabbos, you also can't use on Hanukkah. And this is where Hanukkah starts being mentioned. Uh, Rav Rava tries to explain Rav Huna, and this starts almost before you know it into Mesechtas Hanukkah. So as I was saying before, what happened why wasn't there a Mishnayas for it? True, we were able to segue view do, through the Amaroyam. The Amaroyam allowed us to segue into Hanukkah, but it left the question that has perplexed people is why isn't there a Mishnah Mishnayos saying, Here are the laws of Hanukkah? And it could have been inserted somewhere as I said before. Um and and, and it's from there that uh the Talmud gives us the extensive compressed area of the laws of Hanukkah and the ideas of Hanukkah and they all come from these pages and that's why this is where everybody is going to be looking um, you've probably heard Sheila and, and Hannah, you've probably heard some answers to this question, right? Sheila, this is not a new question to you, right. have you ever heard any answers to why there isn't this, you know, a little section in maybe Masechus Megillah or someplace else where, you know uh, where, where Rabbi on nosi? lay down some of these halachas of what Nir Hanukkah is supposed to be and, and how it's done. and, and, and well,
2: I, I vaguely remember hearing something and I can't remember what it was. I apologize. I'm to- totally useless here. But yeah. I don't know if it has to do more with the idea that um, it's it, the very learning of Torah which is necessary in order to glean out the halachas are, is, is going against the Hellenistic ideas of that time. That we, we learn Torah, that, you know, so to speak, the Hellenistic idea is that their perception of reality should determine Torah. Where the Torah's perspective is Torah does Torah okay. determines reality. Oh. Halacha determines reality. So the very act of having to glean out all the, the halachas by learning is, in oh, a sense Okay, well, I, I,
0: you're making me feel good about how we are already fighting... Uh, the the spirit of Yovan that as Henoch points out might even you know permeate today in Judaism and, 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 and about but it doesn't really answer why you know there's not Rabbi may I say something
1: I think in the Derech of the Gemara where it's oral and one uh, one uh, oral argument leads to another that something comes up like here with the shemen. And it leads into another discussion, such as Hanukkah. It started with the wicks of Shabbos, then it went to the base of Migdush, and then it went into Hanukkah, because that's the derich of learning in the Gemara. It's an oral thing, and they can go off on a tangent. So it may not necessarily have to be a separate Mishnah.
0: Okay. So I I think both of you are sort of like trying to answer this question in sort of like a a big way, right, that you're saying that it's almost – it's appropriate that there's no Mishnah, Henech is saying, because, because where do you know the laws of Hanukkah from? You know it when you're thrown into the deep end of the pool, right? You get thrown into the deep end of the pool, and then you discover, oh, here's Hanukkah. How did that happen? Well, I was talking about this. And this, and now I discovered Hanukkah, which she was saying, and, and the fact that you have to discover it sort of in a um, in the fashion of being, uh, as we said before, like from David Feinstein the other day, so that's how, fartifed in the sugya, and all of a sudden Hanukkah starts permeating into your mind because this is what's being suggested. So this is appropriate, that Hanukkah doesn't have its own sort of pedestal of, where to learn, it actually sort of organically rises out of a learning experience. And therefore, because Hanukkah is about uh, perceiving the world, not from necessarily the strictures or the, um, the constructs of what the Gemara does, but actually out of the organic life vision that what learning is supposed to do. Um, I think I've sort of uh, patched both of you together to come up with an answer, right? I, I think yeah. so, right?
2: That's good, that's good. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> again, this is why when we learn together, we I've never heard this answer before, but I'm happy that I asked the question and got your input. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what has been one of the standard answers. And uh, this is maybe the one you heard and, you, and maybe you shunted it away, Sheila, because it's sort of a, it's a sort of a, a, a it doesn't uplift you when you hear the answer, but I'll tell you what has been said. And it's been said by, supposedly the Chassam Seifer himself uh, alludes to it. To find out where the Chassam Seifer is. But that that since Hanukkah was a um, a ness that was perpetrated and, and developed by the Koanim who sort of usurped the Davidic mandate, Yasser Shevet Yehuda meant, and especially once we have David Amelech, that all kings that all kings have to come from David. And one of the things that Yehuda Hanasi, the editor of the Mishnah, uh, represents is the Davidic dynasty and yes, the Malchus of Torah, that it comes from base David. And the events of Hanukkah, although it was clearly the Hatzolahs and the Foshos of Claudius Yisroel, uh, and obviously the miracle that, that, that occurs, the miracle of the Pach Hashem, the miracle of the Milchama, is a, obviously, it shows you that God was on our side, and, and this was a great victory, and it's so But since Hanukkah was sort of like tainted by the usurpation of Malchus based it. And Rehud although he wasn't going to um, uh, eliminate the Nase of Hanukkah, he wasn't trying to say it doesn't exist, he sort of felt that giving it its cred in the Mishnayis would have been too uh, a stamp of too much kashras. It would have right.
1: made it appear as That's if... It's, it's proven later on when the Hashmanoyim sin and go away from the Torah.
0: Right, that's exactly right, Hanif. That's exactly what I was alluding to, that it wasn't just okay. We're Mila Shem Eli, and we're going to take the cudgel right now and and then hand it over to who should be the Melech. There probably were descendants of of David, obviously Rebbe was one, but but there was clearly you know there there was family that could have been discovered, and they didn't do that, and as you know. Um, There there ended up being, as the Ramban describes in Parshas Vayechi, a very ugly uh, infighting, and the Ramban actually says that that ugly infighting led to the the elimination of Jewish independence, because the the Ramban says that what they did was they called in Rome to settle the battle between the brothers, Who were fighting over who should be Melech. Um, And of course, we also uh, know that uh, Hurdis was, uh, who was King Herod, known uh, very famously in the Christian Bible, Hurdis, but uh, we know that King Herod was also from the Hasmonean family. Uh, The uh, the Talmud tells us that he actually was a slave uh, who. Uh, and he his wife was one of the uh uh the daughters of the Khashmanoyam. Um and we know that he, despite the fact that he sort of rebuilt the base amiktosh, Hordis was also a murderer and a person that we're not really so proud of in terms of what he accomplished. So he's sort of a symbol, the nadir, I guess, of the Hasmonean dynasty finds itself in Hurdis. Again, there was you know Agrippus was a, was was a, was a little shining light, and maybe because of that, Henoch the the, the the great um, possibilities of Yehuda Maccabi ended up um, being spoiled, and because of that, uh, Rabbi he felt he didn't want to give it its it's uh, give it its place. Uh, Shiva, you—I you, I know you're not—we're not on video, but you were probably nodding your head when you heard this because I'm sure you've heard this yeah. before, and—and yeah. and it doesn't sit well with you, does it?
2: No, I—it—it it doesn't not sit well oh. with me. <laughs> I, it <laughs> is—it is, it is what it is. Um, I, I get the idea that at the beginning, the the great Maccabees—you know—they were all these great tzaddikim, and they felt that they perhaps that. They, they were going to be better at ruling a, a place where it was filled with a lot of people not doing the right thing. But then at a certain point, they were supposed to like hand over the reins, and that was the problem. Right. right.
0: But, but, uh, but do you feel that that could somehow, what, again, no one, no one, dis, no one um,
2: well, I know it, it no one
0: disputes that that occurred. The question is, is that enough of a rationale to explain why it's not found in uh, uh, why the I Mishnah didn't didn't make more. space for it?
2: I don't think Rebbe would be like that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Right, I don't... Rebbe
0: would not be vindictive, and he wouldn't yeah, necessarily I... use the Mishnah is not a place to sort of make such. Yeah. Although there is Pirkei Avos. It's like, nah, nah, you're not included because you don't deserve like We're shaming yeah. you. Like We're canceling well, you out. It's right, cancel culture. That, that yeah, doesn't seem yeah. to make sense, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. And it, I, 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 that's why I'm thinking it has to be something a little deeper that we don't realize. It's yeah.
0: Right. I, I think, uh, you know, we, sometimes we have to. So these are, you know, one of the things that you guys just did was you thought about what is Hanukkah about and what does it mean to have something in a Mishnah. What I just uh, offered to you is more a history, a historical perspective and realizing that the Mishnah is ultimately, although it was a team, as the Rambam says, of of scholars, um, it was also Yehuda Hanasi's ultimate vision. And therefore, we could maybe ascribe something to him personally, although it would seem to be a little bit small-minded to do that. To say that he small to say it, it, it's it's ascribing to them a small mindedness to say that he insisted it should be that way. Right. Uh, like you might have had others say, no no well. Now the Talmud does say in Shabbos a similar statement. In fact it was said by one of Rabbiudanosi's greatest, youngest students, Rob himself, said, I believe, that the reason why Rabudanosi or Rebuhuda Anossi, uh, Rebbe uh, uh, said that Omer uh David Chote ain Elatoa, Right? He says anybody who says David sinned is not is making a mistake because really Bat at the time was really not married based on uh, the the get that was given by Uriah to her. And if, if you remember, the Gemara and Shabbos says that Rab says that. Rabbi the Osimi David is hapach because he comes from the David Davidic dynasty, he therefore tried to put David in the best light. So that is a statement. Now again, you could re you could learn that statement uh, with, with that it doesn't mean what it seems to be saying, but it seems to say that that people are not able to be to disconnect completely from their prejudices and from who they are and in that sense right it sounds like he came to the base medrash, and it's not like trump's tweets that um you know that the twitter's that twitter says we're not going to let them get out in the open oh he's crazy we're we're, we're not going to let trump
2: you're always supposed to learn for a schwach and not a ganai, isn't it? a toaster somewhere. <laughs> you're always supposed to learn a sh- it as a schwach so it it doesn't doesn't it make right, sense? Right.
0: But, but, yeah, but maybe what we're supposed to learn is that there was an Avera that he did chuva from. You know, the David HaMelech was Nirgshal, and look how he was able you know, to come back and do such an incredible chuva. and maybe that's what we're supposed to learn, as opposed to saying it really wasn't much of an Avera anyway. It was only an Avera, you know, in the perception of things, but it really wasn't an Ashishish, and it's not like, right, you know, so my point is, is that, I don't want to talk about David Melech now. I want to say yeah. that, I'm just trying to say that the personal uh, personal uh, prejudices seem to be ascribed to Yehuda HaNasi, right? So, can one now take what Rob says and say that and because of that, there was another personal prejudice, that he didn't want Hanukkah in the Mishnah, or he didn't feel that it was proper for Hanukkah to be in the Mishnah? And maybe he meant that L'Shem Um I think another answer, and, and I want to um, do a little bit of Gemara today. This is sort of like where it's just speculating here. Um, I, but but uh, uh, what, another possible answer might be with what is Mishnah is about. Is Mishnah supposed to be all the laws of Terusha Bal Pes? I really what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, a collection of all the laws that we that we don't know uh, that we wouldn't know otherwise. Or is it more discussion about things? Now, we know the Gemara is a discussion. Maybe there are certain things that aren't in the Mishnayas because they didn't need to be. Um, It might be the exact opposite, that Hanukkah, the laws were well known and, and being followed, that there didn't need to be a Mishnah putting those things, setting them in stone. Um, you know it's like sort of like the very first mishnah and shas is kairin right or right? from what time can you start it doesn't say there's a mitzvah to do kreishma right and that's what the gemara says tana right the gemara says what do we this is the very first mishnah and shas and you're teaching me what's the time that you have to say the tefillah. what is the time when does it start who says you have to say it and who says it's supposed to be said in the evening at all? So the Gemara's answer is, well, I, psukim, everybody knows. But what the Pasuk, the the, the the subtlety of the Pasuk is unknown. The stuff that could lead to a debate about the Pasuk is unknown, and that gets into the first Mishnah. So it could be, Nero Hanukkah was almost like you have to tell people to have a July 4th a barbecue, right? It doesn't need to be a laws about, right, there, there needs to be laws about uh, when the election is over, right, laws about till when the, because people are going to argue and say, well, I want the ballot later. But you don't need something where uh, where everybody's doing it and everybody knows it, right? You don't need to have laws to relate to an activity that's, follow, put it away, like, is voting an American tradition? Yes. Does it show that you're a great citizen? Possibly. Does having a July 4th barbecue and speak about American independence show you're a great citizen? Yes. Does having a Thanksgiving uh, dinner and, and speak about the great gift of the United States? Yes. Does there need to be a law about it? No. Does there need to be legislation and a book about how it should be done? No. Why not? Because everybody does it. So it's possible that when An Nasi authored the Mishnah, he only responded to things that needed clarification, whereas in his time, it's the exact opposite. Nebuchadnezzar was so part and parcel that it didn't seem to be complex or difficult enough, and it was happening anyway. What do you think of that answer?
2: I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I think it, it, sometimes when things are so obvious, it doesn't get written in or written down and um and he, he was codifying that which might have be in danger of being forgotten right potentially right. so now, I, perhaps that's why that fits so well
0: yeah so that that could be um another answer which is uh, appended to this is that there was a highness. There was this very popular book that, that everybody had been We'll talk about that. And over there, the Hanukkah story was really set out. Um, and and especially since lighting a candle is a very easy thing to do, right? Um, you now, Light a candle. Okay, uh, okay of course, you're going to light a candle in the best way. What are you going to do? You're just going to like light a match and say, it's Hanukkah. Oh, no, it's not. Right? You're not going to do that. <laughs> so light Oil, light something that burns, and that's all you need. What's interesting, though, what goes against my whole argument is that we see from uh, we find a brysa that discusses it. Right? It's not just Amarayim that discuss it. Beit Shama and Beit discussed it. Right? So we see that there were um, brisas that discussed this thing, and, and and it was these things were recorded. So it's interesting that you know Yehudanosi could not have given us uh, you know a bicham Basilo, right? He gave us mesachtes edios, which has debates in bicham Basilo on very complex things that weren't even relevant at the time the Mishnah was written. Things in the Beis Hamikdash, things that weren't really happening anymore. So why couldn't he have at least included something about uh, the Machlokas, the very famous machlokus of Shammai and Hillel? Which shows you that that Hanukkah was something that um was was happening, right? Here you see again, just to show you again, Tanarabanan. Um this is a Brysa, Mitsusnir Hanukkah Shebezo. So this is a Brysa that existed somewhere. It isn't just, you know, we were sort of like invent you know, I was sort of like fooling you in a way, because I was saying, how did the Gemara get into Hanukkah? But then the Gemara does what it always does. It introduces Mishnah Brysa. Is this in a Tosefta somewhere? It'd be nice to, to track down. And then you have the two greatest names in, in the Mishnah, Bechamah and Beisilil. So you see that there was some people were writing it down and remembering what they had said about it. Again, it begs the question, why Rebbe doesn't include it? Now, he, there's a lot of information he doesn't include that were in the Brisa's, but a, a total subject being excised is still somewhat problematic. So we, we, we've we sort of run around on this question without a great answer. Okay, this is Fundamentals of the Talmud, though, and what we just did was sort of a lot of speculation and, 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 and talked about how Gemara works, but let's actually teach ourselves how Gemara works by learning. That's always the best way to get it done, right? So... We're going back to uh, Chav Dalid, which is where uh, the Gemara uh, is going to uh, deal with uh, exactly this uh, very, I think, uh, uh, a good question. Here we go. A good question to think about. Amarava. Pshit neir Ner Bezo Vener Chanaka. Ner Bezo Adif. Mishum Shlom Bezo. Okay. It's all Hebrew except for the word odif, which we know means
1: more or, important.
0: More important or better. So therefore we have here if something is better, it was a contest, a contest between Nerbeso and Ner Hanukkah. Alright, so in this corner we have Nerbeso. And in this other corner we have the challenger, Nair Hanukkah. Who is going to win this mighty battle of the Titans? And who wins? Down goes Hanukkah. Down goes Hanukkah. I'm trying to do Howard Cosell in case you didn't uh-huh. realize. <laughs> right? Nairbeso is adiff. Nairbeso wins. Now, why does Nairbeso win? Mishum shalom beso, because of shalom bias. So what could this be talking about? What do we mean one is over the other? It must be, as Rashi points out, that there's a choice of one or the other. Neir beso Bishabis v'hu And he doesn't have enough money, Likno no shemen l'shtey Neros. So it's Shabbos, Hanukkah, it's almost like a story out of a Baal Shemtiv story. The the boss only has nebuchadnezzar money. He can only buy, he can only get a little bit of oil in a wick. What should he do? Should it be Shalom or should it be for Ner Hanukkah? So we say it's better that it he should, should use it for Ner Shabbos. Now again, remember this was Ner Shabbas was the gateway into Ner Hanukkah. That's how we started talking about it. And now we're saying that if there's a question of one or the other, Neer Shabbos works better. And it's gotta you should use it for Shabbos. Now obviously what this shows you is you can't use it for both, right? <laughs> you can't just buy one and say, well, you're this my Hanukkah Lich too. No, because the Hanukkah light is in a different spot that the Shabbos light is. You're going to make a bracha, right? You can't, do, you can't double dip, right? You can't just double dip and say, okay, I'm lighting my Shabbos candle, but this is also my Hanukkah candle. No. Uh, and the reason that doesn't work is for a number of reasons. One thing is maybe halachically it can't work. The second reason is, and you can't put them both together, you can't say it's Ne'er Hanukkah and Ne'er Shabbos. Ne'er Shabbos and Yantif, it's the same idea. And that's the second answer because this is done at the table and it's meant to do what? It's meant to allow you to have light at your table, right?
2: Nir Hanukkah is
0: asr v'anah. Right, so Nir is really not meant to provide light for the, the room. It might give off light, but but you say its purpose is different, right? You can't get on offer. But now there is a question of doing certain activities by the Nair as might be also based on the legislation that we're afraid you're going to get too involved in it, right, that you might tip the oil. But clearly you could definitely sit there and, and look at the lights and enjoy them and enjoy uh, the look that the chicken soup has now because of the clear light that the candles are beaming onto it. But that's not what Nehra Hanukkah is supposed to be about. And therefore, it can't be your Nehra Hanukkah. And therefore, the person is not going to have Nehra Hanukkah is going to have Ner Shabbos. So Nehra Hanukkah is now out. Um, let's take a look at Rashi. Shlom Bezo. Why is ne'er Shabbos Shalom bias? What what I described is that called um, Shalom bias? I guess so. Usually, we take a Shalom bias. We say the husband and wife are getting along together, right? Rashi says, "I'm reading the but meaning I didn't have. The Pesach says I didn't have. I, I was, I I I I was, I was abandoned. The Sholem of my nefesh was abandoned. What was abandoned? I wasn't able to light Shabbos candles. Why is it that there's no Sholem in your nefesh? Your wife, your children. Yeah, they could get the food in their mouths. But there's something about um, we didn't sit together. We, we you know it was it, we sat together but we didn't see each other um it's 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 weird it's dark um and 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 well, we,
1: we take light for granted in our because day. because of
0: electricity of course yes yeah. um i i want to um uh, put a little this you know a sense of this is that um you know, how important it was for the Bnei Bias to have that Friday night meal, and it's not just a husband and wife, it's interesting. I mean, Rashi's not, Rashi could say, Oh, you and you, you, you this is going to cause a fight between you and your wife. What this does is create a sense of tension among everyone, and nobody's mad at each other because they're poor, but they're not positive with each other, and that's that. that that will create a lack of shalom bias. Positive interactions in the family uh, pay great dividends. Um, Everybody and that's, somebody said to me today, uh, I'm going to be uploading it on our podcast site soon, a rabbi was telling me that he uh, spent a Shabbos in Tel Aviv for the first time. And although on Thursday night, which is sort of party night in Israel, Uh, The beaches were full. Friday night, where they were also off, he expected there to be frolicking by the irreligious on the beach. And he saw the beach was basically empty. And when he asked about it, he was told, what do you mean? Everybody's home for Shabbos. People are home with their families. Now, is the television on, other things? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But Friday night meals are Friday night meals, even among the religious.
2: They're so beautiful.
0: Right. The <laughs> idea of, you know, you don't think, oh, they're so fried, they're, they're, they're out there. No, they still have a sense of this is our tradition. Mm-hmm. This is something. And the idea that you come to your family on Friday night, um, whatever your level of curiosity is, that's an important moment for everyone. The bnei beiso are, are going to be mitzvah if it doesn't happen properly. Also, and that, go ahead, you.
2: Is it also possible that you know, when, and among the poor, um, when the sun went down, they didn't have light because they couldn't afford it? Right. Uh, except for Shabbos.
0: Right. You're, you're correct. This it's was amazing. the. This was. Uh, she was adding to this, and it, it's sort of the same idea. Everybody looked forward to this moment of being able to sit together. And see each other, and have a little bit more than they usually have. You're not having your typical, uh, you know, uh, you know, cheddar cheese cracker, whatever, for for you know, gobbling it down. You're having something a little more elaborate, and you're doing it together with the family. And if that doesn't happen with light, then that means the event is not going to have the effect it's meant to. And that's why. Despite that, this is Hanukkah. Goodbye, Hanukkah. Now, a question that is raised here is: Why was it a zero-sum option? Are you saying that he couldn't borrow money? I mean, why can't he go to the the community chest and say, "I got no money. Please, you know, uh, Jewish Family Service. Uh, can I can I have some Hanukkah lights? Can I can I have right?" Um, do we have to assume that no one's giving him tzedakah as well?
1: And Doesn't it say that he has to purchase it, the oil himself? Like if you're a guest at somebody's house on Shabbos Hanukkah and you don't have a menorah, you have to give of your own money to the Baal to be mistareed with him. So maybe if you take tzedakah, it's a gift. And that's not what it's meant to be. It has to be from your pocket.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, Henoch, that's a good point. I, I, I think, however, that sometimes when Sadaq is given, it can now become yours completely, right? It can become – I mean, right. we know We know the mission says that you're supposed to um, – uh, 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 that even the poorest person in the world, remember the Mishnah and Psalchem in the beginning of Arve Ptachem? Even the Onishav Israel needs to have Dawud Kosos. Right. We, we talk about the fact that he can get a few of khoy, He can get it from Tzedaka. It's interesting, Is this hypothetical that Rav is talking about, is this assuming that he can't borrow? Right. You, you could say that. You know, the other option is, is that maybe you don't have to go into debt for that. In other words, if you have the money, you need to spend it. But maybe near Hanukkah, you don't need to go into debt for. Because what you're supposed to do is, we know there was an usha, they made a takana, that if you want to give tzedakah, that you don't give more than 20%. Now, tzedakah is a mitzvah. What What is discussed is maybe all mitzvahs, you don't have to give more than 20% of what you owe or what you own. Now, if you don't own enough money, if you're so poor that you're living hand to mouth and you don't have the dollar or two that the that the Ner Hanukkah would cost, so going and borrowing it means you're going into debt. Maybe you don't have to go into debt in order to uh, have the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah. Uh, because you have it $2, and $2 either by one thing or by the other. So that's another possible answer as to, and, and that really gets us into a bigger question about what, how much you have to spend for mitzvos. Let's take a look at the next little line. Ner beso v'kidr Hmm. So now the question is, we've moved away from Hanukkah for a minute. Well, we're going to get to Hanukkah back in a second, but it's either... Your house, meaning your Shabbos night light, the Shabbos candles at in, in the room while everybody is the Bnei Beso. And again, I, I sort of assume it's at the kitchen, but I'm not sure. And now the question is Kiddush Hayom. So what could Kiddush Hayom mean? Kiddush Hayom probably means what? Again, the battle between your Shabbos candles and Kiddush. So obviously we're talking about what you use, the, the Baruchah doesn't cost any money. It must be the wine or challah or whatever it is that you're going to make Kiddush on. Once again, what works? Ner beso adif, mishum So the person will go without the wine and he won't make the Kiddush as usual, but at least whatever he has to eat, he'll eat in a certain ambiance. But then Rava says, boy, Rav, in other words, all these things were pshittah straightforward to me. Not simple, but straightforward. But now I have a question. Near Hanukkah ma'hu, the two losers, the ones that lost the round, the champion, was near Beso, But now, in the consolation round, we're now going to have the face-off between Ner Hanukkah and Kiddush HaYom. Which one will work on that? Do you say, Kiddush HaYom Adif? Why is Kiddush HaYom Adif? The money will be spent for Kiddush? de Because every Friday night you're going to make Kiddush. You use wine. Odilma Ner Hanukkah Adif. Mishum Persume Nisa. Pursume Nisa is an important idea because, true, there will not be wine, but there's going to be that candle outside. Again, assuming Rav is referring to the original Takana that they lit outside, or even if they lit inside, possibly, but let's assume it's the original Takana of outside. So that's Pursume Nisa nisa, even though your Shabbos meal is missing Kiddush, you had to. You didn't really make Kiddush normally. You didn't say Bar but you had your Menorah outside. That's good enough, or maybe not. Maybe you say Menorah. Tadir is important. So the Gemara says, Buser de boy, first he asked the question. And then he answered it. He laid the question and he really thought it was a good point. But then it became straight to him. Ner Adif Mishun Persume Nisa. Persume Nisa is more important. So that tells us that Persume Nisa is more important than the rabbinical rule to have your usual, you have wine at Kiddush. The Kiddush is not the uplifting experience it could be because you don't feel the sense of the wine or whatever wine is supposed to produce in the person, a sense of simcha. However, he does have presume nisa. Now, Kivalevich's question is, would Rav have said this if it's just for the people inside? We know the Gemara, actually, we'll see it a little bit later, the Gemara says that the mitzvah of ner changed when new persecutors came and didn't allow us to do the mitzvah the way it was usually done, which was on the outside of the house. Would you say in the inside of the house, this law should also apply when it's pursue nisa only for the family? It would seem, yes, somehow, even if it's not sending a message to the people on the street, even if it's only sort of sending a message to the kids in the house, we are sacrificing some of our Shabbos kiddish in order to have everyone understand that And telling the story is not enough. You need to have a physical representation of that story. That's what makes Pursume Nisa. And
1: is, is Rabbi, excuse me, is Rav is saying the fact that only once a year you're Parsumai with Hanukkah, that that overrides the tadir the Tadr, Tadr, This is uh, uh, This dispi- is something very special.
0: Um, yes and no. Despite the fact that it's only once a year and that should make it weak, but what it's coming to, it's not just a mitzvah that's done once a year. It's a mitzvah, whose energy is about miracle, right? Right. There are other mitzvahs you do once a year. No one is going to tell you Tikiya Shofar is about Pursume Nisa. You only do Shofar once a year. Oh, it's so special. Well, sorry, you're not going to buy the Shofar you're going to do, you're going to use it for something else. Uh, Imagine. That's not what's going on. It's not because it's once a year and if we miss it, we're not going to have it anymore because it's about the fact that there's a quality of what this mitzvah is this mitzvah is bigger than another mitzvah why the other mitzvah is is a is, is a constant and it should have the strength of consistency in it kiddish yeah but not what you're saying hanokh because this is special come on come on it's only shabbos this way he'll never know what Hanukkah is until next year that's not what I, the gemara is saying okay the gemara is saying that the nace is something special. The idea that God changed nature is somehow crucial, and that message is somehow something that needs to be out there, in, in a way greater than just the rabbinical mitzvah of having kiddush. And, and again, this is something we can we, we can discuss a little bit further. <laughs> and this, really, I said, I told you. We would definitely, although we talked a lot about history today, and in theory, this little piece of Gemara, I think, really gets us into the kishkas of what Hanukkah is. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.